Last Tuesday, rank and file Gardaí took protest action. They withdrew their availability for overtime. They did it because of a row over rosters. Garda Commissioner Drew Harris wanted Gardaí to move off pandemic rosters and back to normal rosters. The Garda Representative Association, the GRA, had planned to continue the protest every Tuesday for the month of October and to escalate action in November if its demands were not met. And then, quite unexpectedly, an agreement was reached last Friday evening. There's been a breakthrough in the Garda roster dispute after the Garda Representative Association agreed to defer the protest action it had planned over the coming weeks. But is Friday's agreement a win for the GRA, or is it a win for Drew Harris? Irish Times security and crime editor, Conor Lally. I guess the two of them can probably claim an element of win. The GRA, I think, can probably claim a larger win than Drew Harris can. And while the disagreement over rosters has been resolved for the time being, there is a sense that this row has highlighted the very clear division between rank-and-file Gardaí and Commissioner Drew Harris. I do think his outsider status, you know, it created a comfort zone for the GRA to make this personal against Drew Harris. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, has Drew Harris come out of the roster row, strengthened or weakened? Connor, last Tuesday, Rank and File Gardaí took protest action. It was the first in a series of planned Tuesday protests whereby they were going to make themselves unavailable for overtime. It was over rosters, something that we've been hearing about all summer. Why were they protesting? As you say, this has been going on for quite some time. And essentially, the Garda Representative Association, which represents nearly 11,000 Rank and File Gardaí in a 14,000 strong force, They did not want the rosters that they have been on since the start of the pandemic to end. They really enjoyed working these longer 12-hour shifts. They worked them on a four-day-on, four-day-off pattern uh, rather than shorter shifts before the pandemic, worked on a six-day-on, four-day-off pattern. So when these rank-and-file Gardaí went on to the pandemic rosters uh, back in the spring of 2020, they just found they really enjoyed them. They also got paid more on social errors allowances and they wanted to stay on them. But the Garda Commissioner said um, the pandemic is long over and we need to move away from these and we need to move back to the rosters that we had in place before the pandemic started. And he said that change was going to take place on the 6th of November. So the GRA were very angry about this. They wanted to remain on the pandemic rosters until agreement was reached about going on to completely new rosters. And this idea about completely new rosters and talks over totally new rosters have been going on for years. So essentially, the row is about this November the 6th deadline for everybody going back to pre-pandemic working arrangements. The rank and file Gardaí didn't want that. And they got into a very serious row, I suppose, with uh, Drew Harris over that. Okay, so Gardaí don't have unions, but they have associations. They're represented by associations, depending what rank you are in the organisation. So, as you say, rank and file Gardaí are represented by the uh, Garda Representative Association, the GRA. Then there's the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors, the AGSI, and the Association of Garda Superintendents, the AGS. So those three different groups, they all met senior Garda management last Friday. What happened? 
there is actually a fourth very small group it's the chief uh, superintendent so there's four of them and there's a uh, garden management so uh, essentially what happened was it actually goes back a little bit further than last friday last wednesday the garden commissioner had talks uh, separate talks with the superintendents and then with the chief superintendents and then on thursday he held talks with the gra and with the agsi so Arising from those talks, um, everybody agreed to go into, you know, a group session on Friday at Garda HQ. So that's the four associations and senior Garda management. Uh, Drew Harris wasn't actually at those talks. So that happened on Friday. And essentially at those talks on Friday, an agreement was reached. And everything, you know, moved quite quickly really then. Um, So an agreement was reached. And the agreement essentially was that the core units of Angarda Shiakana, so these would be, I suppose, the guards that people would see, the uniformed guardy on the streets and, you know, doing various other jobs. Those core units would remain on the pandemic rosters, so they wouldn't change back, as had been the plan, on November the 6th to the pre-pandemic rosters. And then everybody else in the guards would go back onto the pre-pandemic rosters. And at the same time, then, the four Garda staff associations and senior Garda management would go back into talks about coming up with a, um, you know, a long-term new roster for Angarda Shiakana. So this was very significant because really, I mean, the GRA really is the main player here that we have to keep an eye on. They were the ones that were up in arms about these uh, pandemic rosters um, ending on November the 6th. And as you said earlier, Bernice, they had already withdrawn their overtime last Tuesday. They had planned to withdraw their overtime for the next four Tuesdays. They had then uh, planned to ignore the introduction of the pre-pandemic roster on November the 6th. And they said they were going to continue with working the pandemic rosters, which would have really caused chaos. And then ultimately... If there was no agreement on it, they were going to withdraw their service, which is a strike in all but name for one day on the 10th of November. So, you know, things were getting very serious. The GRA had also held a vote of no confidence in Drew Harris, which was uh, passed by a majority of uh, 99%, which is obviously huge. That had created a lot of bad feeling in the guards. So this was really getting very serious. And the agreement last week essentially means the GRA have effectively called off all their planned actions. So things are calmer again now. There isn't going to be no guard to strike. The guards are not going to withdraw their overtime. Um, and everybody now can go back into talks, as I say, about um, trying to find agreement on these long-term uh, rosters that they have been trying to put in place for years. But Connor, we've been talking about this issue all last week because... There was meetings on Monday, there was meetings on Tuesday, and then we heard there was going to be this meeting on a Friday. It seems to me that in the end, it all got, it's not sorted, but the the protest action was stopped very quickly. It was stopped very quickly. Um, And certainly the word that I was getting from people in the GRA and, you know, various other people in the guards was that they had nearly reached an agreement in recent weeks and... I suppose the GRA felt the Garda commissioner's attitude was too severe, that he didn't want to compromise and so on. Now, Garda headquarters will tell you that that's not true. Um, So uh, I suppose people who are familiar with the process probably weren't surprised that we had a breakthrough as quickly as we did. Um, Because, you know, the groups were close to it um, in recent weeks. But... 
when the agreement came, it did, I suppose, come quite quickly. And then the one surprising thing was was that the GRA, the central executive of the GRA, um, which is essentially a very large group of uh, GRA representatives who, you know, more or less run the, uh, the organization, they convened a meeting very quickly after Friday's talks and they agreed that the proposal that was on the table was okay with them. And because of that, they were going to call off all their planned actions and they sent an email out to all their members on Friday evening. And in that email, they kind of, you know, they more or less claimed this as a win for them. They said this idea of the core, you know, uniform units remaining on the pandemic rosters and everybody else going back to pre-pandemic arrangements, they say that that was their idea all along. And they effectively say this row has ended now with uh, senior Garda management in, in Garda headquarters agreeing that our idea was the best idea all along and we're going to do our idea and everything is grand. So that's how it's ended from their perspective anyway. Well, I suppose in every negotiation, somebody's always going to claim a win. Somebody's going to loudly claim a win. But it strikes me that so, and I'm being simplistic here. So the people on the beat, they're going to be staying on the four day, four, four days on, four day off, 12 hour pandemic rosters. Then the people in the office, the Gardaí who are more office based, if you like, they're going to be going to the pre-pandemic roster. And that's your 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 six days on uh, eight, a shorter shift roster. But was there no pushback whatsoever from these office-based Gardaí? Because surely they also would fancy the pandemic roster. Not just office-based Gardaí. I mean, you have a lot of specialist units in the guards now, and these have been these have really grown in number, and they've also grown in size. Things like you know the the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, the Criminal Assets Bureau, the Fraud Squad. Like, there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of Garda personnel who who are working in those units, and the majority of those uh, units now will go back to. Um, We'll go back to the pre-pandemic arrangements. Um, certainly, some people won't be happy with this compromise deal. For example, the Association of Guard Sergeants and Inspectors, they have long wanted to go back to the pre-pandemic rosters. They felt so strongly about that that they actually took a case to the High Court, which they only withdrew last week on the understanding that everybody was about to go back to pre-pandemic rosters. So as we speak today, all of the four associations and senior guard guard management are on board with with the agreement that was trashed out last Friday. However, the Association of Guard Sergeants and Inspectors, it wants more detail on how long these arrangements will go on for. Um, For example, if everybody can't reach agreement on a brand new roster for the guards, are core units going to be on 12-hour shifts, four four, four days on, four days off for the next year, two years? So the sergeants and inspectors want clarity on that. Um... But I suppose in answer to your question, a lot of, you know, the majority of the guards that are going to that are going to stay on these pandemic rosters are the frontline guardy that we see on the streets. That is probably the hardest work in the guards. It's the most arduous. Um, and these 12 hour shifts aren't easy. Even the equipment that these people have to wear for 12 hours is you know, you, you, like it's a tough old job. You're out in all kinds of weather. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, very volatile situations. When you're policing on the streets, if you stop and talk to anybody, if you want to arrest anybody or, you know, things get hairy, you have to overpower people or anything like that, you will generally have passers-by and various other people taking out their camera phones. So I think street policing, you know, policing in these core units has become very complex and much trickier, I would say, over the last five or ten years. 
So a lot of people in Angarda Siakana really don't want to be to be in that job. And typically what you'll find is you'll find that when people join the guards, they obviously have to do that job for a period of time. But a lot of them then will do their three, four or five years and they will look for other opportunities in the guards to get away from those core units, those long shifts on the streets. So while you might think there would be resentment, ultimately, the core units that are going to stay on these pandemic ro- uh, rosters, they are the jobs that a lot of people in the guards don't actually want. Not everybody will be happy, but I think this agreement probably keeps the maximum number of people happy in the guards uh, that anybody can hope for. Can we talk about Drew Harris now, the guard, the commissioner? So as you say, uh, the GRA, the rank and file guard, the, they held a vote of no confidence in him, in him and it passed with a majority of 99%. Now that to me was a very public humiliation and you know he described it as a kick in the teeth and he said at the time you know he wasn't going to resign. So what does this look like from his point of view with the GRA saying, oh, we've won? Does this look like he's lost? Rank and file Gardy and other people in the guards will tell you that that is the case, that he has lost. But Garda headquarters will tell you otherwise. And they ultimately say, look, the bottom line here is that the big target here is to get new rosters in place for the guards. The Westmanstown roster, as they call it, which is the pre-pandemic roster, has been in place since uh, 2012. And nearly immediately that it was implemented, um, people in the guards weren't happy with it. And there there have almost been efforts since 2012, since it was first brought in, to try and find a better roster for the guards. So this was going on during Noreen O'Sullivan's time as Garda Commissioner. So it long predates Drew Harris. And ultimately now, the upshot of the agreement they reached last Friday is that talks about a new roster are going to you know, take place. And I suppose if Drew Harris can get agreement there, well, then he can say, ultimately, I won. Um, And he can also say that he's succeeded where, you know, lots of other senior officers have failed um, in the last, you know, seven, eight years. But for now, certainly the GRA, I think probably with some credibility can claim this as a win. It's not necessarily a big loss for Drew Harris, I don't think. Ultimately, these threatened strike actions and, you know, various other protest actions are now called off. Uh, the heat is taken out of it. Half the guard force is going to be back on pre-pandemic uh, ro- uh, rosters, which is what Drew Harris wanted. And then, as I say, these talks for new rosters are back on track. I guess the two of them can probably claim an element of win, but I, the GRA, I think, can probably claim a larger win than Drew Harris can. I'll continue my conversation with Connor Lally after this short break. Now, it seemed like a very personal row. It was sort of personal, if you like, against Drew Harris. That's, I suppose, what it looked like from the outside. He was formerly Deputy Chief Constable of the PSNI. That's where he came from, the Police Service of Northern Ireland, before he took up the role of Guard the Commissioner in, only in 2018. Um, he didn't come up through the ranks. He was never a wet behind the years recruit in Templemore. He was an outsider in the force. And he still is, is he? Oh, he is, I think, yeah. Um, certainly when he got the job... Um, a lot of people weren't happy that anybody from outside Angarish, uh, from Angarda Shikana was being appointed um, 
Garda com- uh, Commissioner. No, no, look, I don't think there was any anything sectarian in it. Um, and I think the response would have been exactly the same if somebody was coming in from some police force over in Britain or, you know, the US or wherever. So I don't think, I don't think there was anything sectarian in it, but certainly he was an outsider in inverted commas in the sense that he, as you say, he did not come up through on Garda Shiakana. I mean, what happens with the guards is everybody joins at Temple Moor and they all start off as a rank and file Garda and then they all, you know, they pass up um, through the ranks. So Drew Harris came in from the PSNI and was obviously appointed Guard Commissioner back in 2018. Uh, there'd been a lot of scandal in the guards in, in the years before he took office. So I think it was a bruised and battered and kind of damaged Garda organisation uh, that he took over. And I'd say morale wasn't great either, even at that time. And he was really... I suppose appointed to lead reform in on in on Garda Shiakana. and he's tried to do that, but obviously the the pandemic has intervened, and you know that took up a lot of gar- of the guards' time for about a two year period. But he certainly is seen as an outsider. I kind of feel that his outsider status is is at least part of the reason why this vote of no confidence in him was held. I don't think it would have been held in any other previous commissioner because all of them came up through the ranks and they were all part of the Garda culture. So I do think his outsider status, if you, if you like, kind of created a comfort zone around, you know, it created a comfort zone for the GRA to make this personal against Drew Harris. Now, look, they say it's not personalised. They say that, look, they have concerns with the way he has been uh, running the guards, that the roster's issue was the last straw and that's why the vote of confidence was in him personally certainly other people including Drew Harris uh, believe that it was a personalised attack on him Um, he took it badly he didn't try to hide that he said he was you know really disappointed um, with what had happened and I guess the question is now how does it leave him now as we come out of this row Um, does it damage him is he damaged goods now as the commissioner in the guards he's going to be in office until june 2025 where are his relationships at with the rest of the guard of force particularly the, G- the G- gra and i guess you know only the passage of a bit of time will really tell us that um certainly we have had unprecedented events i mean that vote of no confidence was absolutely un- it was a it was an earthquake really um, when the majority of 99% was unveiled at a press event by the GRA a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you could see some of the GRA leaders were even shocked at the sheer size of the vote against Drew Harris. Uh, I was, just personally speaking, I was very surprised at it, as were the other journalists in the room. I mean, we did think it would be carried and we thought it would be carried by a large majority. 99% is like just absolutely enormous. And the turnout as well was also a record for the GRA. It was up around the 85% mark. So even that in itself um, was a blow to Drew Harris. So as I say, the big question is, um, will it undermine his ability to effectively manage the guards? I have to say, I don't think it will. I, I think it's damaging, but I think they can emerge from it. He will come under pressure because of that vote of no confidence. Um, I think some politicians who don't like some of the things that he does will use it against him in the doll, for example. And I think it will probably come up again and again. And I think that will continue probably for the rest of his time in the guards.
was it unusual, Connor, when he got the job for um, an outsider to be brought in t- into a police force? Like, does that happen elsewhere? What, you know, it was very unusual. Um, I mean, for example, you know, he was certainly the first person in the in the history of Angarda Shiakana, ap- apart from the guards at the very uh, start of the organisation, just over one hundred ye- uh, years ago. He was the first outsider brought in uh, to be commissioner of the guards. And then if you look at some of the research that was done at the time, I, I'm, I'm nearly sure it was the Department of Foreign Affairs at, at the time. They did research back in 2018 um, while they were canvassing to hire a new commissioner. And they did research of EU member states to see had any of those hired people from outside their country to be the leader of their police force. And none of them had. Um, so... The hiring in of somebody from outside any European country when Drew Harris was hired was highly unusual. And I think maybe that outsider status now has entered this particular roster's row in a way that we didn't expect. I think it's fair to say that, you know, in the past, most people in the street, they wouldn't be able to name, you know, the guard, the commissioner, maybe Noreen O'Sullivan. But it's different now, I think, because this controversy has propelled Drew Harris's name into the headlines. But what do we know about him as a person? Has he has he, you know, made friends and I suppose more importantly, allies in the force? I really think anybody who is joining the guards the way he did, so, you know, towards the end of his career, not having been part of the guard culture, um, is going to find it hard to find allies. And even if you have a few allies in, in guard headquarters, you're just not going to have the same number of friends, connections, contacts and all of that, that a person who came up through the guards would have. I think probably the fact that he doesn't have those contacts, doesn't have the same number of allies that he would have if he came up through the Garda organisation, that's probably made this this last period a bit harder for him. Somebody who had more relationships in Angarda Shikana than Drew Harris had, they just might have been able to offset, you know, head off some of the GRA stuff at the past before it really got to boiling point. But having said that, um, he will say he, was, he wasn't brought in to win friends. He was brought in at a time when the Garda organisation had been through a lot of very, very controversial episodes he was brought in to change the organisation and changes his game and he's not part of a popularity competition. And indeed, he actually said when the uh, GRA held the vote of no confidence in him and it was passed so overwhelmingly, he said that his role in the Garda force and the eff- effectiveness of his you know, actions wouldn't be judged by a vote of rank and file Gardaí. Um, he said that, you know, essentially he had to walk the walk as the Garda commissioner and do his job and he planned to carry on doing that. I suppose he's seen as somebody in on Garda Shikana who's quite stern um, in the sense that when he took office back in 2018, there would have been, you know, between about 35 and 40 Garda members who were suspended from their job because allegations had been made against them and there were, in- there were inquiries underway into those allegations. Now, the minute Drew Harris came into the job, that number went up literally every month and we've well over 100 uh, Garda members suspended. Now, some of those have been out of their jobs for several years. This has created a lot of resentment um, in, in Angarda Shiakana. But Drew Harris will say, look, a lot of these people, the allegations that have been made against them are really serious, including things like sexual crimes, domestic violence, drink driving and various other things. And he says, 
um, when these allegations uh, come up, if they are backed by, you know, what appears to be evidence, even if the evidence hasn't been tested yet, but what appears to be evidence uh, backing them up, what happens is you lose confidence that the person the allegations are being made against can can continue working as a Garda. They have to be taken out of the job for a period of time pending the investigation of those allegations. And then if they're cleared, they'll be back in the job. So he's taken a very tough line on that, a much tougher line than anybody uh, who was in the job before him. And some of those cases in particular have become high profile. Like say, for example, there has been an ongoing um, inquiry into alleged uh, Garda corruption in the south of the country. Now, this, you know, some of it includes uh, the widespread, you know, the alleged widespread cancelling of things like um, penalty points and, and so on. And a lot of Garda members have been suspended um, over, over that. And there's a small group of them have been out of the job for a few years and that case in particular has led to a lot of resentment. And my understanding is, is that when the GRA were talking about whether they were going to hold a vote of no confidence in um, Drew Harris, that resentment over that particular case fueled an awful lot of the camp within the GRA that was in favour of holding that vote. That particular case seems to have been really important um, in the move against Drew Harris and his name being on the ballot paper. Now, we've been hearing a lot for quite a long time now about the low morale among rank and file Gardaí. Does this roster agreement, you know, lift the mood? Is the mood only going to be lifted temporarily because are the issues more deep rooted than just simply the rosters? Well, I suppose it will lift the mood to an extent in that the people, you know, in that a lot of the people who wanted to stay on pandemic uh, rosters are staying on them. So I suppose... I suppose it, it it'll it'll lift the mood in that sense. Um, as you say, there are other issues going on. Really, what the GRA will say is the rosters issue was really only the straw that broke the camel's back, and there are lots of other issues in 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 the background. Like the GRA has said that you know even things like getting access to basic driver training in the guards, um, you know, their you know rank and file guardy are waiting a long time, and what that means is. If you haven't been trained to uh, drive during emergencies, um, when you're in a guard car, you then cannot, when you're responding to a crime, you cannot use your sirens and uh, your lights. So you have to stay in traffic like everybody else who's you know driving around. And they say they can't do their jobs properly. They say when crimes are underway and they know crimes are underway and they're trying to get there as fast as they can, they can't even turn on their sirens and their lights. And this is because the whole training system in the guards has, you know, broken down. There are also issues around more guard members than ever resigning from their jobs. And the number is going to the number is going to reach a new record by the end of the year as well. You're going to have about 140 guard members resigning from the force. Now, you know, say 10 years ago, resignations would have been very unusual. And if there was one or two, they would have been the talk of the job, if you like. As I say, there's about 140 now. And that and the GRA will say, the reason why more people are leaving is because the job has been run into the ground, they will claim. They will say things like, garden numbers have fallen really since the pandemic started. This puts a huge uh, pressure on the people that are left behind They've got to fill the gaps that are, you know, left by falling Garda numbers. 
um as i say that issue around access to, to um training um the gra also claim that rank and file guardy they're meeting with more you know violent attacks and so on on the streets and they basically say that there is a recruitment and retention crisis as they call it in the guards because the job is so hard conditions are so poor they want action on a whole range of issues um now the guard commissioner says some of those issues are problematic he doesn't quite believe the crisis is as big as the gra claims um but ultimately he said we can work on all of those issues we don't have to be holding you know votes of no confidence or going out on strike or anything like that so all of those other issues remain even though this particular roster's row has been calmed for now okay so we talked about the meeting that was held on friday there's another meeting scheduled for today. What's that about? So the meeting scheduled for today is to essentially, after last Friday, um, the four Garda staff associations were going to go back to their central executives and just basically lay out what was agreed last Friday and just to formally approve that. So each of the associations has to say, okay, well, you know, that they're happy with it, I guess. So today's talks will mean that the four associations come back in and we think um, they'll all say that they are happy with what was agreed last Friday. And then once everybody is happy, the agreement reached last Friday rolls out, I suppose. Half the guards goes back to pre-pandemic rosters on November the 6th and the other half stays on pandemic rosters. And then the crucial thing is that these talks towards a long-term guard roster, they will get underway straight away. There'll be probably an independent chair to that process and that's the big picture really in the long term that's the big picture last friday certainly it seemed like the four associations were on board but each of those associations would have only had a handful of people in those talks and that handful has to go back to the much larger group that actually runs all of their associations and that group has to be happy with what was agreed last friday now we know the gra is happy whether the agsi will be that's the one to keep an eye on if there's going to be any problems, that's where they'll be. So, Connor, it's it's over, but it's not really over. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Bernice. That's it for today. For more from Connor Lally on crime and security issues, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>